Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Prize Picks. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as I look like I just like I have a head. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Slim Cliffy. How are we doing? Uh, doing good, man. Um, pretty excited for this 12-game slate here today. I I didn't even really notice, but yeah, <laughs> with, with the zipper up, your, your your shirt just kind of blended into the background, so it just looked like a floating head there. Um, yeah, doing good. Um, didn't uh, end up cashing last night. Um, I went with uh, the top Edmonton guys. Obviously, uh, Hyman and Drysaddle didn't do anything. I mean... On a four-game slate, as soon as Travis Konechny scored that empty netter uh, to complete the hat trick, at that point, you either had Konechny or you didn't. Um, he kind of just snapped things open there last night. He's been on a pretty good stretch uh, here lately. I think they said he has 20 points in his last 10 games. <laughs> like He's just having an unreal breakout season. But, uh, yeah, Travis Konechny cracked the slate. I didn't have any Travis Konechny, so it was an early night for me. How would you do? I cashed, but didn't realize it until this morning. I was once again up way too late. <laughs> I, I had my biggest action of the night was on the Edmonton Anaheim over six and a half. So stayed up until that hit late in the second. That was almost midnight. And then I went to bed and gave, I had Gabe Velarde and he scored a goal in the third period. It actually min cashed me. So we take it, move on to tonight. Um, this is a big slate. Uh, there were some ownership spots that surprised me a lot that are actually pretty low and makes me excited to play them. If I do go that route, we will talk about that as we get there. I'm sure the inflection in our voice will hit peak 13-year-old puberty when we get there. So I will at least. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, listen – these short short slates are just wild. Hopefully on these bigger slates, there are multiple paths to victory. If like one team smashes and they're they're like going to be on the winning lineup, that kind of sucks on a big slate. You kind of hope that there are multiple avenues to win. So we'll, we'll navigate through you. Na- navigate through you. We'll navigate you through this 12-game slate. Let's get into it. Before you do, you know the drill. Smash that like button. Helps us out. Subscribe. Also helps us out. Uh, so you can keep with, up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. You can sign up for our Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. Download the Stochastic Avatar 
from stochastic.com backslash avatar. Then you got to place in the top three of the contest with over 5,000 contestants. Then you can tweet the win to stochastic HOF on Twitter, or you can email us with your screenshot and you win a free month of stochastic plus platinum. You can only win one month per year. You also get a shout out on our weekly hall of fame segment. Weirdly enough, never got my shout out. Gonna contact HR. Yeah, there's there's definitely a conspiracy against you keeping yeah. it, keeping you out of the awesome Hall of Fame. The nose plays. The nose plays. Let's get into the slate. The Seattle Kraken with a 2.5 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.5 total. Senor Fiesta Marty Jones is confirmed. Linus Allmark is probable. I didn't see any confirmation on the Boston lines, but I would imagine they're going to stay with what they were when like Pasternak, Zacha, and Krejci just absolutely smashed Craig Smith I'm up on the top line of Bergeron and Marshan. Status quo for the Kraken with their lines. This is a tough matchup for the Kraken. Uh, kind of reflects the ownership there. You're not seeing much. I think if anything, I would dip down to that third line of Gord Bjorkstrand. They're going to avoid, you know, the Bergeron matchup. Don't know how much I'll get to on a 12 game slate though. This is more about Boston and there is not much ownership on Boston here because, you know, Seattle's a pretty good defensive team. The problem is Marty Jones and, you know, um, Philip Grubauer, not the best goalie tandem in the world. One can argue one of the worst in the NHL. These line combinations aren't great um, for DFS. I know like Zacha Krejci and Pasternak went nuts last game. So I think I, if I was going to full stack anything, it would be the longer Pasternak just because he's just on some unreal tear. Otherwise, I'd probably power play stack Boston. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm not going to take long in Seattle. I don't have any interest uh, in the Kraken side here. Um, top lines going into Boston, I just auto fade. So that would be the Burkowski, Beneers, Everly line. Um, just not even going to bother with them going up against Bergeron Marchand. The second line of Wenberg, Schwartz, and McCann is a little more interesting because at least that Zaka Krejci line is a round league average by expected goals against so far this season and a round league average by actual goals against at five on five. So, um, you know, they're below average by expected goal share is passing at Krejci and Zaka, which feels impossible with those players, but. Um, they're up nearly 200 minutes together, so it's not a tiny sample either. Uh, so if anything, it'd be Wenberg, Schwartz, and McCann. Because, like, I like the Gord, Bjorkstrand, and Tolman in line, but Hall, Frederick, and Coyle <laughs> have, like, a 62% expected goal share this year. They're strictly just flat out one of the best third lines in hockey. Um, I just no nothing for me from Seattle. On the Boston side, I think power play stacking might be the way to go, like, there isn't a ton of ownership. The ownership that does come in will probably come in on the power play guys. Craig Smith is 3,500, which, you know, it's fine for him on the top line. Um, but they don't score a lot with Craig Smith there. Like he's, he was on the top line a, a, quite a bit last year, actually, because he was uh, one of the regulars up there, you know, before Jake DeBrus became a permanent fixture on the top line or whatever. So Marchand, and Smith and Bergeron do have a sample together of nearly 200 minutes going back to last year, 3.5 expected goals for 1.2 against like, that's why I don't take opposing top lines going into Boston, but only 2.2 actual goals for you. And I have talked about at length 
how the top line has struggled to score without David Pasternak there, even struggled to score with him there this year. Uh, that goes doubly so for Craig Smith. So I think it, it would be the penalty, the Seattle penalty kill that I try to take advantage of. Um, the penalty kill itself is bad and the goaltending is certainly not helping. So, you know, Marchand, Bergeron and Pasternak, just three man stacking that way, I think is uh, one way to go about it. Um, you know, if you want to just, I, I think, you know, a two man of like Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy or something like that, if you don't want a full stack is perfectly fine. Boston has a three and a half total here. Like they're the, we're expecting goals from this side. It's just, they kind of have three balanced ish lines now at even strength. So I would focus on the power play and I would focus on the guys like Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, McAvoy, and so on. That's where I'm going to end up in this game. The third line of Hall, Coyle, and Frederick is kind of interesting because they have played exceedingly well together this year. Um, as I mentioned, 63% expected goal share, 5.4 goals per 60 minutes, 3.1 expected goals per 60 minutes. Like they're generating a lot. It might not be like a bad two man of like Frederick and Coyle if you want to just use those two guys and then pay up, you know, for higher price lines elsewhere. But I think this is about the Boston power play. Yeah. And not too much ownership on Boston here because there are a ton of good spots here tonight. So nice little. It's always fun getting low owned Boston against Martin Jones in 2023. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Winnipeg Jets with a 3.4 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.1 total. Connor Halbach, Uka Pekalukinen are confirmed. Um, who are those kids? Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka still scratched for Vinny Hinestroza and Rasmus Asplund. I, I, I get it. Like you want to give the kids a breather here. I, I just don't think it makes their lineup any better. Um, top line for both top lines here are in play for me. Like I don't like stacking against Hellebuck. Hellebuck. I always do that. I don't know why Hellebuck. But um, you saw he was kind of human against the Red Wings here. Um, not sure what the flow chart says here. Is it a tough matchup? Not really. But the ownership isn't very high, so it kind of you can you can definitely play them here. If you wanna, if you don't want to play like. Ehlers, Dubois, Connor into Tuck, Thompson, Skinner. That Perfidi, Shifley, Wheeler line is going to get better matchups. Not that like the Tuck, Thompson, Skinner line is something special defensively. I think both top six lines for the Jets are in play. I think going back to the Buffalo top line here, just like one, they're in inching up to the matchup proof level, and two, they're coming in around 2%. So, like, anytime you can get a top line like Buffalo at 2%, I don't care who the goalie is in that. Uh, I think I would take a stab. I don't think I would prioritize Buffalo by any means in one to three. I'm more on the Jets in one to three, but I think, you know, you definitely have to consider them. Yeah, I see between the two top lines here, like, yeah, we did just see Hellebuck get absolutely roasted by Detroit. I I don't think anybody really expected that. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe three or four goals against. I don't think a 7-5 loss uh, is something that uh, we could look forward to too often with Hellebuck this year. Here's my problem with Buffalo 1 is, like you said, um, Winnipeg 1 might be in your 3-max uh, mix here tonight. 
Yeah, Buffalo's top line, their projected ownership right now is coming in at 2% on DraftKings per top stacks. But the Winnipeg top line is just under 5%. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like they're that much higher. And they're about $2,000 cheaper, which on a slate this big matters a lot because there are so many options. It opens up so many more options for you uh, for the rest of the slate. Um, you know, Winnipeg doesn't take a lot of penalties. They're one of the least penalized teams in the league. They're at 2.8 times shorthanded per game this season. That's the third fewest power plays given to the opponent on a per game basis. And they have a very good penalty kill and they have Connor Hellebuck uh, in net. Um, on the flip side, Buffalo uh, gives up power plays at an above average rate. Their penalty kill is considerably worse than Winnipeg's. In fact, since Thanksgiving, no team in hockey is giving up more shots per minute on the penalty kill than the Buffalo Sabres. And you have this Winnipeg top line perfectly correlated uh, on the power play. Uh, you know, I talked about Kyle Connor in my picks article today. Um, you can go check out my picks article at stochastic.com. Just head on over to the NHL section. It's free to read for anybody to go check it out. Um, Connor and Ehlers, going back to last year, 3.1 expected goals, 4.4 actual goals per 60 minutes in 230 minutes together. So, yeah, maybe the Winnipeg top line comes in a bit higher owned, but all things being equal, would I rather have the Winnipeg top line in a better power play spot against Uko Pekka Lukanen or the Buffalo top, a more expensive Buffalo top line um, in a worse power play spot going up against Connor Hellebuck? That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. So this is a Winnipeg one game for me. Um you know, if you want to dip down to Winnipeg too, I think that's fine. It's a pretty good line on their own. Uh, Shifley, Wheeler, uh, Perfidi, uh, 2.9 expected goals for 2.7 against in the last 100 minutes together. But I think you want to take advantage of this bad Buffalo penalty kill and get as many pieces against it as you can. So it's Winnipeg one that I like the best in this game. I'm not going to say no to playing Buffalo one at all because you're right. There's very little ownership on them on here. They are approaching basically matchup proof um territory uh it's just they're close enough to winnipeg one for me where i'd rather save the 2k and go with the better power play matchup so that's where i am in this one yeah the the reason i like winnipeg two here is just because of the price really they're like 14 and change which is very cheap you get shifley on the top power play perfidi and shifley have played well together they have good numbers and they're gonna get like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they're going to get. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a good matchup five on five. So if you're in, uh, like, if you're in the mid range here, they have a three point four total low ownership power play. Like it just you know checks some boxes for a mid range line. But yeah, Winnipeg won my favorite line in this game. Let's move on to your boys here, the Canadiens, uh, the Nashville Predators with a three point six total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a two point eight. Uh, Nashville is back to back on the road. They went with Soros last night. Um, so it's probably gonna be Kevin Lankin in tonight. Samuel Dikembe Montembeau is confirmed. Nashville mixed up their lines in game last night. Surprise, surprise. John Hines, <laughs> they did go to Duchesne, uh, Yuso Parsinen and Philip Forsberg, which was kind of nice. I mean, like, if you're gonna put any line together for Nashville, that's probably like the best you can do. Um, whether they do that tonight remains to be seen. Um, if it is, don't mind them. Like 
back to back on the road, 12 game slates, like uh, predators, uh, but 3%, 3.6 total Canadians penalty kill is horrific. Uh, Jake Allen's not in. It is Montembeau. So, like, yeah, maybe I'll have a little, in- little interest here in the Predators' top line. On the flip side, like, with Lankin in the net, a bad penalty kill. Top line not too expensive, fully correlated. Ownership around 5%. I, I kind of like the Habs top line here. Oh, Really? Um, no, I just want to touch on the goaltending real quick because Kevin Lankinen was a game time decision to get back up to Saros yesterday. Um, and I think Lankinen ended up dressing to serve as the backup, but they weren't sure if he could go. They called up Yaroslav Askarov, who is arguably the top pros- the top goaltender that's not currently in the NHL in the world today. Um, Askarov might be starting tonight. We we won't know until warmups. If Lankinen was well enough to back up yesterday, I'm assuming he's well enough today to start. But you never know um, how this could go, how the last 24 hours went for him, you know, the last 18 hours went for him or whatever. So uh, just watch out because I don't think Askarov is in the player pool. Um, Let me look. Yeah, so I, I you we might not get a Nashville goalie, a playable Nashville DFS goalie here tonight. Um I wrote up Matt Duchesne, again, referring back to that PIX article that's up at stochastic.com. I wrote up Matt Duchesne today. His projections are pretty funny um, over on Stochastic. He is the highest projected winger on by over a full DraftKings point. To see that on a slate where there are 24 teams playing is pretty wild. Um, that just speaks to the matchup against Montreal here. And I was looking at his numbers because I believe in the second and third period, it was Duchesne, Forsberg, and Parson in that were playing together. So I looked at Nashville's numbers with Forsberg and Duchesne on the ice without Granlin. Not a big sample over the last couple of years, or, or not a big sample this year, sorry, but 4.4 expected goals for only 2.4 against in over 75 minutes together. Going back to last year in over 300 minutes together, it, that's similarly strong expected goals numbers. Um, So Forsberg and Duchesne do play exceedingly well together as long as they don't have Michael Granlin on their line. So if those two guys are together with Parsonen or whomever, Tommy Novak, I don't really care unless it's Granlin or like Mark Jankowski. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Um, as long as Forsberg and Grandland are together, I'm going to have quite a bit of interest in the Nashville side here. We're not showing a ton of ownership. Um, it's with the lines that they started with yesterday because we don't know what the lines are going to be today. But, 
you know, two percent on the Forsberg line, three percent line, four to five percent on the Niederreiter line because they're because there's you know around ten thousand dollars. But um, I think like a Duchesne, as long as Duchesne and Forsberg are playing together, I think a two man of those two or just flat out playing the entire line is definitely in play here. Montreal has uh, this kind of shocked me when I saw it, but after um, last night's even after last night's game against Edmonton, Montreal still has the highest goals against per minute in the league going back to December 1st, worse than Anaheim. Um, this is a tremendous spot for Nashville. So as long as Forsberg and Duchesne are together, that's what I'm interested in. If they're not together, I don't know. They sent Cody Glass to the uh, – I said this in Discord. They sent Cody Glass to the shadow round last night, and um, he played like 12 minutes. So I don't even know where else he could possibly go. But as long as Duchesne and Forsberg together, that's what I'm interested in. On the Montreal side – yeah, I, I do think the top line would be of interest to me. But if Forsberg and Duchesne are together, that's probably the matchup that they're going to get. And I would favor the Nashville side, even on a road back-to-back in that matchup. Um, the Montreal top line, you know, 2.7 expected goals against over the last four weeks, which is uh, worse than league average, but it's the best that you'll find on Montreal. Like, if that's the best that they could throw at Nashville – um, there's not much they can throw at Nashville. So, I, I mean, no problem playing the Montreal side, um, especially if you want just one off Cole Caulfield or something like that, because he's always in play. But I honestly think as long as Duchesne, like I said, as long as Duchesne and Forsberg are skating together, I think I'm more interested in the Nashville side here. They've just been so good together over the last couple of years. Yeah. And always like after, well, like at that stretch last year where Nashville won just played excellent. It just feels so bad clicking in Nashville players. They just they've had like me numbers at best, you know what I mean? And Askarov not in the player pool, by the way. His name is no price. Um so that's just something to keep in mind. But yeah, be interesting to see if Juanito Hines does keep Duchesne and Forsberg together, because I do like them and they're not overly expensive. Let's move to the next one. Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.4 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a three total. Uh, the Leafs played last night with uh, Matt Murray, so it's probably going to be Ilya Samsonov tonight. Billy Huso is confirmed. Austin Matthews, game time decision. Apparently, he's such a big diva, it has turned into the NBA. I don't know. Like, if, if he was a game time decision yesterday – and they had a back-to-back, I think he's trending towards playing. I, I don't know. That's just the best guess. Like, if there was a chance he was going to play yesterday and they weren't playing today, he probably would have played yesterday. I don't know. That's just me, can, like, trying to do some math, which is an exercise for me. But I think he may be in. If not, they're going to go back to the normal lines or the lines that they ran last night with Engvall, with uh, Nylander and Bunting. On the wing side, they're going Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, Fabi, Perron, Valeno. Don't mind that Fabi, Perron, two men here. They're pretty cheap. You get two guys on the top power play. Same with Bertuzzi, Larkin. I, it's just like I, I just kind of have to see if Matthews is going to be in. It kind of changes things, you know what I mean? Because if it's like Matthews, Nylander, and Bunting, that's a completely different matchup than, than Nylander, Bunting, and Pierre Engvall. So I do, in a nutshell, have some interest in uh, 
some wings here. It's just a matter of if Matthews is in or not. Uh, yeah, and we got to talk about the matchups in this one because I was looking at the matchups in Bertuzzi's first game back um, the other night, that 7-5 win over Winnipeg. Detroit was sending out the cop Bergeron uh, Rasmussen line um, against Connor Dubois and Ehlers from Winnipeg. That would indicate to me that um, now, see, I, I got to think teams consider the Connor Dubois Ehlers line as a top line, but maybe they just consider Perfidi, Wheeler, and Shifley as a top line. I can't see that, but I, I mean, I can't think along with NHL coaches anymore. Um, the reason that would be advantageous is Kopp and Bergeron have not played well together this year. 2.3 expected goals for 3.4 expected goals against shooting over 16, around 16% as a line, which is why they're scoring. Once that goes down to nine or 10%, those goals are going to dry up very quickly. Um, Kopp, his, his impacts just haven't gotten better this year. Um, he's just legitimately been one of the worst <laughs> uh, NHL regulars in the league, especially a regular in a top six anywhere that's not Anaheim. Um, he's just had awful impacts, bad offensive season. It would be a tremendous matchup for Toronto 1 if Matthews is back in the lineup and if that's the matchup that they go with. I don't even think going up against Bertuzzi and Larkin is it's a particularly tough matchup. I mean, uh, yeah, looking over their extended history, they're consistently below average by expected goals against. Um, they're right around average in a limited sample so far this year. So not that the matchup really matters that more, but I think if Matthews is back, it could be especially advantageous. Um, and Detroit has a really bad penalty kill, or at least they've had a very bad penalty kill for about the last six weeks. Um, that's something that Toronto also could take advantage of if Matthews is in the lineup, which we'll have to see. I agree with you. I think he plays tonight. Um, but we'll see when warm-ups come. We should note, if Matthews is out tonight, Alex, our buddy Alex Kerfoot jumped to the top line uh, with Nylander and Bunting last night. So uh, we could see top line Alex Kerfoot um, if uh, if indeed they Matthews doesn't play and they decide to uh, start the game the way they finished last night. So just watch out for that. But if, if Matthews is in, I have a lot of interest in the Toronto top line. If Matthews is out, I honestly don't think I have interest in Toronto at all. Um, you know, Mar I think Marner and Tavares got the two goals last night. Maybe they can do that again, but they really have to just bomb out at even strength um, to get there. And on a short, in, on a, sorry, on a large slate on the road, I, I'm just not a fan of, of going in that direction, especially where they typically play at such a slow pace. Even if they get two or three goals on a slate this big, it's probably not going to change a whole lot. So, if Matthews is in, I'm in on Toronto one. If Matthews is out, I'm just out on Toronto. On the Detroit side, it would be the Larkin-Bertuzzi line that I do have interest in. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They are still very cheap. Um, I think you can leave Raymond off, even despite his three-point game the other night. Um, I think you leave Raymond off, just go Larkin-Bertuzzi if you want. But I'm going to be honest, unless Matthews is in the lineup, I just don't have a ton of interest um, in the forwards in this game, period. I like I I just I don't particularly like these Detroit line combinations. I don't think Toronto is near as potent without Matthews in the lineup. Um, it's just not a game that I would be targeting unless Austin Matthews is playing. Yeah, and if you watched the game at all last night, their power play suffered without him. The goal that they scored at the end that was a sweet pass from Nylander. So um, 
Also, if you're on FanDuel, Askarov in the player pool, min price. So that would that could potentially make three starter, three sixty five hundred starters on FanDuel here tonight. Great product. Great website. Yeah, love it. Elite. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Oh boy, Vancouver Canucks with a two point six total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a four total. Colin Delia confirmed. Andre Vasilevsky probable. Uh, the confirmation on Delia jumped the Lightning total from three point eight to four. I I was saying I, I don't know if I said it to you or I forgot who I was saying it to. Like if you just blindly bet the Canucks overs, I think you just print money. One because they're a pretty good scoring team, and two they're just miserable defensively. And this is a pretty potent matchup here for the Lightning. Like this is a great matchup, great power play matchup, and they're not getting much ownership. Like none of these like really expensive top lines are getting much ownership. It seems like some of these mid range lines, like the mid range builds are going to be more popular tonight. So like spending up for Tampa one here could be interesting. Like you see Kucherov, you know, he obviously garners the most ownership 5.3% on that line. Stamco seven and a half percent, but then guys like Braden point three and a half percent Hagel one and a half percent, you know what I mean? So like full stacking that, that Kucherov line is going to put you on a different path here. Um, Kuzmenko off the top power play again for Brock Besser is just an absolute circus. Not that this is a great power play spot for the Canucks, but, you know, Andre Kuzmenko, every time he's on the top power play unit, he has success as the net front. And Brock Besser just isn't doing it. You know what I mean? So, like, put Kuzmenko back. But for me, this is a Tampa game. If you want to get – if you organically get Canucks in your 150 through Fantasy Crunch or whatever optimizer you use, I think that's fine. I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to get them in my lineup, though. It's interesting to see so much steam um, on Tampa Bay with Dalia starting, considering Dalia has been Vancouver's best goalie this season. It's not close either. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, I was looking at uh, the goal saved above expected numbers for the Canucks uh, so far this season. Dalia in five games, 4.6 goal saved above expected. So pretty close to saving a goal a game for Vancouver. Um, their other two goalies, Spencer Martin, minus 12.7 in 23 games. Thatcher Demko, minus 11.4 in 15 games. D'Elia's been their best goalie, and it's not close. Um, it's just five games. D'Elia, I don't I, I don't even think D'Elia has 50 career NHL games to his name. Um, he has had fits and spurts where he's played pretty well, um, especially on bad Chicago teams like four or five years ago. Um, I you know, it's not. It's definitely not going to stop me from playing Tampa Bay. It's just that's not going to be the deal breaker for me. It's not like, oh, Spencer Martin isn't starting. Well, in that case, I guess I'm going to play Tampa. No, I was playing Tampa Bay regardless. I don't think this makes it necessarily a better spot for them either. Um, the, the I'll start with Vancouver very quickly. The only line I'd I'd have interest in is Pedersen, Kuzmenko, and Besser. Um, Pedersen and uh, Besser have pretty good t- uh, production together this year. Over 65 minutes, the 3.4 expected goals for 4.3 actual goals for whether it's Kuzmenko, whether it's Besser on the top power play, you're going to get one of them. So you're going to get two out of three guys on the top power play unit. Um, I've noticed Elias Pedersen still has zero power play goals on the season. This is a guy, this is a guy that averaged a power play goal like every seven games for his career to this point. It's 
wild. But they've been playing well offensively, giving it up defensively, which I think you'd expect with any line with Brock Besser on it, but uh, playing very well offensively. So it would be the Pedersen line, if anything, on Vancouver. On the Tampa side, like it's just right back to the top line, isn't it? Like Hagel, uh, Point, and Kucherov. I wrote a Braden Point in that Stacks article. Uh, again, over at Stochastic.com, free for everyone to read. He's on. He's pacing for nearly 50 goals and 85 points. Um, he's priced pretty reasonably. The whole line is really priced pretty reasonably today, coming in at uh, 21.6, considering what they've done and what they can do. The power play has been a lot better of late. The power play is up to nearly 14 goals per 60 minutes with Victor Hedman there, which that's a big turnaround because it was only like a month or six weeks ago. That number was around eight or nine. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe it is. So they've been definitely Hedman's been playing better. Power play has been better. I really like the Tampa Bay top line. I think this is another line that I would probably rather play instead of um, Buffalo, but again, with so much steam coming in on the Tampa on the Tampa side, I wonder if ownership doesn't come in a little bit higher than the three to four percent we're projecting. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that throughout the day. But like, still, if they're like seven eight percent, still a play in my book. As we mentioned off the hop, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Now we have a link in the description that is tracks cliffy and i's success with it so who doesn't like a little affiliate marketing because if you sign up through our link we get the credit our shows keep coming at you for free you like free we like free and you get free stuff with this too it's not like you just click the link for us and you get nothing you get one free month stochastic plus platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with prize picks it's a daily prop-based contest. You don't have to deal with Sharks, Optimizers, Colin D'Elia, or anything like that. You put five players, you can put up to five players in your lineup and can get net you up to 10x your entry fee. You can cross sports entry. NHL, that's fine. My prize pick for tonight. I checked it out before the show, even though it's not legal in New Jersey, which it was. I'd use it. Miko Rantanen over three and a half shots on goal. So Make sure to check that out. Click the link in the description. Get your one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is a good value there, and a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up. So thank you. Dallas Stars, 2.7 total. Heading into New York, the Rangers have a 2.9 total. Jake Ottinger is confirmed. Would be shocked if it was not Igor Shesterkin. Chris Kreider is hurt. Um Alexis Lafreniere moving up into his spot and getting top power play time for the first time in his career. This is now or never for him. I hope they're not doing this to to, uh, showcase him for a trade. Oh, that gives me a migraine just thinking about it. But uh, either way, like this isn't the best matchup on either side. Rope Hintz still out. So, you know, the, the ghost of Tyler Sagan is up on the top line with Pavelski and Robertson. I don't know if I'll get any, get to anything in one to three, but like Zabanjan, Kako, and Lafreniere, pretty cheap. Zabanjan and Lafreniere on the top power play. So if I was going to do anything, it would be that line. Yeah, I did write up obviously Lafreniere for the picks article. He's only twenty six hundred top line, top power play minutes. Like it seems like an auto slam for somebody needing a super min price uh, salary saver here tonight. I was looking at his – because Lafreniere and Zabanajad actually played quite a bit together both this year and last year. Um, 
3.3 goals scored per 60 minutes at five on five and 350 minutes together. The problem is a lot of those minutes were with Kreider, right? Like there's not a lot of minutes like with Panarin or with Kako or with anybody but Chris Kreider. So um, how those two perform with Kako and not Kreider uh, kind of remains to be seen. You know, if you don't want to full stack them, but you want to make sure you get a piece of it, like just putting Lafreniere as a one-off in your lot in your lineup seems like the way to go here. Um, I don't know how they're going to perform defensively either. Um, well, if you think about it, Heedle, Kako, and Lafreniere were honestly the Rangers' best line in the playoffs. Like, Philip Heedle's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but I think Mika Zibanejan is a better player. So if if you take the hockey math kind of – I know Zibanejan and Heedle are completely different players, but Lafreniere and Kako seem to have good chemistry together, so could work. Yeah, it definitely could. And um, it, it, I talk, I, I'm thinking about it because the Dallas top line with Sagan there, it's actually been good together over the last couple of years. The Robertson, Sagan, and Pavelski, 4.0 uh, expected goals, 3.8 actual goals scored um, in 65 minutes together over the last two seasons. Obviously, Hintz has been there for most of it, but there have been some spelling off. Um, they're all in the top power play unit, as you mentioned on, on the show on uh Tuesday, I think it was. Shesterkin has struggled on the penalty kill this year. Um, Dallas typically has a very good power play. I wonder how much Hints is part of that and how much Senge can actually help. Um... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Rangers penalty kills generally been pretty good. It's, um... Ryder's been one of their better penalty killers, though, surprisingly, so... Yeah, that's that's kind of the wrinkle here is that I, I think it might be a little bit weakened. I agree with that here tonight. So I don't particularly mind Dallas one. Um, Robertson, Pavelski, Sagan, especially where they're coming in at two and a half percent. They're not super expensive. They're under 19K on DraftKings. But I think I'm with you. It would probably be the Rangers side that I have a lot more interest in here. Uh, Zbigniew, Kako, Lafreniere. Um, problem is they're coming with a lot of ownership. Um, they're going to probably push 10% on DraftKings because they're so cheap, because they're at home, because two out of the three guys are on the top power play unit. Um, if that would probably be the line I would go to, I wouldn't dip down to Trocek, Kraftsoff, Panarin for, for a similar price. I mean, you can, because I think they'll come in lower on, but, um, with, with, I, it's, it just leaving, leaving Zbanejad off of any Ranger stack just kind of feels bad i guess i don't know how else to put that so it is the rangers top line i have the most interest in here but i i'm gonna be honest i think this is another game where i don't have a whole lot of interest in the forwards not full stacking anyway like one-offing 
you know, why Johnston or Lafreniere, like I said, I think that's fine, but I, I don't have a ton of interest in stacking in this one. Yeah. And it is, I think the only five and a half total on the slate. So makes some sense there. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'd full stack anything. I might take a one off or a two man. If I need some salary savings, like Sagan is 4,400. It's cheap. Obviously Lafreniere 2,600 on the top power play. So, yeah. So move on to another four total. Carolina Hurricanes with a four total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.4. I see Freddie Anderson in the lineup builder. Don't know if he's starting, but if he is, he is min price on DraftKings. Eunice Corpisalo, 6,700 on DraftKings, is confirmed. You had a nice little tidbit on the Johnny Gaudreau stats. Johnny Gaudreau, completely different player without Boone Jenner. Now he's on the line with Kent Johnson and Neil Benstrom. Gustav Nyquist, Rosselvik, Line still together. Like, this is just a miserable matchup for the, the Blue Jackets. With Max, Max Pacioretty back, like, this Hurricanes team, top to bottom, one of, if not the most deepest team in the league. I see a lot of ownership on this Ajo Jarvis Pacioretty line, double digits. Don't see a lot of ownership on the second line of Stasny Neches Svechnikov. It's not like they're going to get a better, like, a worse matchup. Like, it doesn't matter what line they're going to get, they're going to be bad defensively. Natchez Feshnikov on the second power play unit. They're not Carolina's not one of those teams who keeps the top unit on for most of the two minutes. It's pretty elite. It's pretty even split. Granted, the top unit does see a little bit more, but Natchez Feshnikov, Stasny have had excellent numbers this season. Low ownership against Columbus. I'm in. Yeah. One thing I want to mention about Columbus is it looked like a morning skate, or at least a projected skate. Um, they had different lines. Um, Godro. Uh, is with Rozovic and Line now, and then they have Nyquist uh, with Bemstrom and Kent Johnson. I, I'm not going to take long here. I don't have any interest on the Columbus side. Um, what I brought up with reference to Johnny Gaudreau um, is uh, something that's similar to Sam Bennett. We'll talk about with Florida later. When Gaudreau is playing with Boone Jenner this season, Gaudreau is producing 3.6 points and 8.9 shots per 60 minutes without Jenner. Um, the points for 60 minutes are cut in half to 1.8 and the shots go down by about 25% to 6.6. So um, you're producing at half the rate. You're shooting at three quarters of the rate without Jenner going up against, if not the best defensive team in the league, one of the top three defensive teams in the league. You know, if Freddie Anderson's starting, maybe he's rusty from being injured and being off for so long and all that. So maybe they can sneak a few past him. But I don't have any interest in Columbus here. It's yeah, it's the Stasny Nature Sveshnikov line that I like here. I wrote them up uh, again in that picks article mainly because of that ownership rate. Like, I get why people want to go to the Aho uh, Pacioretty line ostensibly those are the two best offensive players in Carolina. But if, even if they are, I don't think Sveshnikov and Natchez are very far behind at this point. And if I can get them at like a third of the ownership or less of the Pacioretty line for, you know, what is it? $1,300 less on DraftKings as a stack for, um, you know, probably the same ice time, give or take. Like, I don't think the ice time different differentials will be that big when you put it all together at the end of the game. Yeah, it's Natchez, Sveshnikov, and Stasny that I have interest in here. Um, 
they've been playing, like you said, they've been playing exceedingly well together. I wanted to look to see if their numbers had fallen off of late because sometimes that happens where a player has, you know, four or five really good games with a new line and then really starts declining. Um, 75 minutes together since Christmas, 5.1 expected goals per 60 minutes. Like, I think they might actually be getting better. So um, where it's a great five-on-five matchup, not a bad penalty power play matchup. Um, I'm going to go with the line that's cheaper coming in with less ownership that is playing extremely well. Uh, Nietzsche's Sveshnikov Stasny. Yeah. Also, I think Brett Pesci is on the top power play unit over Burns. We'll get the defenseman later, but that is one to note as well. Well, the next one, we have the Minnesota Wild with a three total heading into New York. That blows. The Islanders have a 2.9 total. Philip Gustafson, Ilya Sorokin is confirmed. This is one of these games where I just don't have too much interest on either side. Um, like, yeah, like Capra's off. That line is completely fine, I guess. But, like, I don't want to stack into Sorokin. Kaprizov's home road splits are worth noting. He is – his goal scoring is way lower on the road. Whether you really buy into that, it is whatever. But, like, Sorokin and Net, like, yeah, the Islanders are terrible defensively, but Sorokin at home is excellent. I just I, – I don't have much interest in this game in 1-3. to three. You want to get to some of these lines in 20 to 150, like the Capper's offline, like the Nelson line. I think that's fine. But, you know, Barzell and Lee would probably be the one on the Islanders side that I would want to play the most if I had to play a line. But again, in one to three, not sure to prioritize anything. Yeah, I I can't get over this pricing. Simon Holmstrom just goes to 3,500. For what reason? The guy has one point in nine shots in 10 games. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. why is he 3,500, but Lafreniere is 26. Okay. Like I, anyways, 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 bars. One thing about Barzal and Lee, I mentioned this in our discord. They got benched last game. It was a one, one game. Mm-hmm. Against, it was a one, one game against Dallas and they got benched for the final four minutes of the game. So uh, Matt Martin and, and Cal Clutterbuck could get double shifted. And then Lee didn't touch the ice in the overtime. That's kind of worrisome to me. Like, you, you would think when you're looking for a goal to win a game, you would lean on your best player, best offensive players, but it seems like the New York Islanders don't agree with that. They would rather go with their face punchers. So how much can you really rely uh, on the Islanders here to A, just leave their lines together, and B, just not bench somebody so they can double shift Matt Martin? You know what I mean? Um, and it's frustrating because Barzal and Lee have played pretty well together this year. 3.8 expected goals for, 2.7 against in 75 minutes together without Oliver Wallstrom on the wing. So um, they can probably generate here against uh, the Minnesota top line. A Minnesota top line that's at three expected goals against per 60 minutes over their last 115 minutes together. They have not been playing well defensively uh, for a good four or five weeks now. I don't think it's that terrible, terrible of a matchup for Barzal and Lee, but I also don't know that they see much of that matchup. And I think the Islanders galaxy bring themselves into sending out Barzal against the Erickson Eck line. I honestly think that might be the way that the line matching works out here tonight. And I have absolutely no interest in Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson and Beauvillier playing together. So nothing for me from the Islanders side. 
on the wild side, um, Hartman, Boldy, and Goodrow have been playing pretty well together. It's not a big sample, but um, Hartman, um, that entire line, 66 shot attempts for, 53 against, 56% shot attempt sharing, 45 minutes together. It's only like three or four games, not a lot. But Hartman and Boldy have similar numbers in a bigger sample. So I understand if you don't want a full stack, but I, you know, even like a two man of like Godro and Hartman or just one offing Hartman, I think those are definitely all in play here. The Islanders, they just need to get bailed out by either Sorokin. I don't think there's a good defensive line amongst them. Um, that's kind of where I am here. I don't think I'm going to be playing any of the big guns in this game. I think if anything, uh, one offing like, you know, Boldy, one offing Hartman, two man of Boldy and Godro, something like that is where I'm looking in this one. Yeah. Again, not one of my favorite games. Kind of like the goalies. Um, Calgary Flames with a 3.3 total. Heading into St. Louis, the Blues have a 2.7 total. So the backups here, Daniel, Daniel Vidar against Tomas Grice. They are both confirmed. Don't mind the Blues top line here, Thomas Buchnevich, Cairo. They're coming in with reasonable ownership under 5% as a full line. Not the best matchup in the world, but they're fully correlated. You're not overly expensive. They're at home. They can dictate the matchups. Not sure that there is a easy landing spot, but maybe if they do send them out against Hubert Okadri Lucic, they could take advantage of that. Just a matter of if the coach has a brain or not. A lot of coaches have proved that they do not. On the flame side, almost no ownership on that Toffoli Lindholm Dubay line. That's probably where I'd go. If you want to go to the back to that back on Coleman Manjipani line fully correlated on the second power play unit. We'll never tell you no to there. Um, so, yeah, but my preferred is to fully Lynn home. Yeah. Um, these two teams played on Tuesday night. And it's actually the second time in the last month where Calgary has played back-to-back road games in the same city. Um, they did it with San Jose a few weeks ago, and now they're doing it now with St. Louis. I don't think I've ever seen that outside of the bubble season. Yeah, where the, um, Blues and the Coyotes played eight games in a row. That was – I, I actually think Arizona and St. Louis played seven games in a row. Yeah, that no, game. it wasn't hyperbole. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's a good point. Um, in that game, uh, they sent out the Barbashev Shen sideline quite a bit against Coleman Backlund Majapani and quite a bit against Huberto, Kadri, and Lucic. So that left um, that Buchnevich line kind of getting their ice time spread across the three lines. So I don't expect the St. Louis top line to necessarily be hard matched. Um, it, you know, this is the exact same matchup that we had two days ago. And we saw that St. Louis top line do pretty well. They're coming in with positive leverage again. Um, 6.1% top two stack probability by our top stacks, 4.1% ownership, still fairly reasonably priced at 17,300 considering they're probably all going to play 20 in the neighborhood of 20 minutes, if not more. Um, Jordan Cairo has been on uh, quite a bit of a heater of late, and he's averaging over three and a half shots over his last 20 games. So um, the additional shot volume has been nice to see. That's probably why his, his price has risen so much. But they are generating offense, 3.6 goals scored per 60 minutes, and they're 115 minutes together. Um, you know, I, not that Calgary's a – an easy matchup or anything like that, but their goalies have struggled this season. I do think there's merit to going back to the St. Louis top line on the Calgary side. I agree with you. It's the Dubay Lindholm to Foley line, um, not coming in with much ownership under 1% by our top stacks tool. 
Uh, two out of three guys on the top power play. St. Louis's penalty kill has been getting better over the last month, but it's still the middle of the league. Five goals against anyway. They don't take a lot of penalties, which is what's saving them. But Toffoli, Lindholm, Dubé still playing well together. Uh, 4.4 goals scored over the last four weeks. Um, Lindholm not shooting a lot, shooting a lot less than last year. Like, I, I think you can just do double wing if you want. Like, just do Toffoli, Dubé if you, there's a one-off center elsewhere that you like. But it is the calorie top line that I do like best in this game. Yep. Before we move on, we have a $4.99 super chat from our neighborhood-friendly eight-ball expert. Thank you very much, Bobby Boom. He says, hey, ladies. Hey, girl. Would let me do a $4.69 super chat. Weird. Who's your mom's 2% nuke stack? Thanks, boys, for every show. We are grateful. I can ask your mom if you want. She's upstairs laying pipe. But no, seriously, uh, a line we just talked about, Carolina 2, they're coming in a little bit over 2%, but I think that's one of my favorite low lines tonight. Yeah, if you want to pay up a little bit more, we'll talk about them at the end of the show, but the Florida second line, Kachuk, Verhage, Bennett, um, coming in at 1.7% top uh, ownership, much, much higher top two stack probability, probably be the Florida second line for me. Yeah, I do like them. They are a late night hammer. Let's move on to the next one. More hammers involved in this one as Mrs. Boom lays more pipe upstairs. Colorado with a 3.7 total. Heading into Chicago, the Blackhawks have a 2.3 total. Pavel Francouz, I, I butcher that name every time. Francouz, French fry potatoes. He's he's probable. Peter Morazic is confirmed. Um, looks like Evan Rodriguez sticking up on that top line. He might be... Um, Power play one here tonight instead of JT Confer, Jonfer, Romfer. That being said, Confer's on the second line with Mika Ranton and Alex Newhook. Patty Kane still out. I can maybe make an argument for three players on the Blackhawks that no, should can't. be NHLers. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Don't have no, time. But, yeah, I think this is an excellent spot for Colorado 1. Excellent power play spot. Fully, the top line will be fully, fully correlated if Evan Rodriguez is up there. Just an ownership thing. You know, McKinnon's going to be very popular tonight. The other guys as well. There's plenty of ways to get different tonight. I love Colorado 1. I'm not going to talk about Chicago. Like, if you want to use a low-ish priced one-off power play guy like Radish or Athanasiu, because the Colorado penalty kill is that great, then fine. I think that's fine. But other than that, I'm just not even going to bother. What's interesting to me in this game is seeing Peter Morazic starting. Um, Alex Stalock has played very well for Chicago this year. I don't wonder if that's why Morazic is starting. Is they they can't afford to have Stalock steal them some games. <laughs> so they need to keep losing as many games as they can. So I think that's why you're, um, you're going to see a lot more of like, uh, Soderblom or Mrazic or whatever. Stalock has played pretty well. Mrazic um, has not. Mrazic is uh, over 12, minus 12 goals saved above expected this year in 14 games. He's as bad as the Chicago team is. Mrazic's uh, still costing them just under a goal per game extra. So, like, this is lining up pretty well for Colorado. Um, that was basically the reason I didn't write up Colorado in my picks articles because if Stalock was starting, I was going to be like, maybe I'm. I'll play Alex Stalock tonight, but with Mrazic and Ned, it's it, it's full, full. All systems go on Colorado. Uh, McKinnon and Rodriguez, 
um, are up to about 70, a little over 70 minutes together so far this year. The offensive numbers have just been outstanding. 3.8 expected goals for 5.1 actual goals for um, Rodriguez has played at least 20 minutes in four straight games now. Um, Nathan McKinnon is averaging 25 minutes a game since he returned from injury. Um, there's nothing that can stop them on the Chicago side. There's going to be a ton of ownership here. That's the only thing, right? Is you can see both the Colorado top lines come in double digits. And I would be surprised to see in like some single entry and three max contest to see the Colorado top line at 20% on a 12 game slate. That is pretty high. I think you'll see McKinnon spots over 35%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I understand not wanting to play them because they will have a lot of ownership for such a large slate. With that said, they have been playing well offensively. This is one of the best matchups in the league. There's no shutdown line of note on the Chicago side. Their penalty kill is still very bad. Their one saving grace is that they don't take a ton of penalties. So maybe if they only take one or two penalties, they can kind of limit Colorado a little bit. But if they start a parade to the penalty box, it could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. I really do like the Colorado top line here. I know you like Miko Rantanen. Um, I think if you want to take out Lekin and put in Rantanen, if you're worried about ownership to get a more unique stack, I think you can do that. But at the very least, I would want McKinnon and Rodriguez uh, together, especially with Erod uh, playing on the top power play unit now. This is a smash spot for for Colorado. I really, really do like the top line, particularly uh, any of the power play guys. Yeah, and it's weird. It, you say leave off Lekkonen, put in Rantanen. That's probably what I would do as well. But like the thing is, like Lekkonen's going to be the lowest owned of the bunch by far because he hasn't had a twenty point DK game this season. I don't think, or something. It's been, like it's, been yeah, it's been a long time. I think including him might actually be a way to get a little bit more different because I think a lot of people are going to. Add in Ranton in there. I think you can just four man stack it <laughs> and go about your day. There's plenty of ways to get different, though. There's plenty of secondary stacks in play tonight. I like if this game gets out of hand, though, you could see that top line playing like 18, 19 minutes. But, yeah, but that I, the thing yeah. with that is like if it gets out of hand, who's they probably already, responsible for getting out of hand? Yeah. Yeah. They already smashed. It's not like, you know, Martin Cout is going to have a six point night. You know what I mean? I hope I've um, seen I, I, I once saw a defenseman score a hat trick after being played up front as a forward for the Florida Panthers. So I would say anything can happen. Yeah, but they're not playing the Leafs, so it's not it's not possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Woo. Anytime we can drag the Leafs, we take the time to do it. We can get you as well. A five day NHL free trial uh from Stochastic gives you full access to everything that we have to offer, projections, ownership. Top stacks, rankings, Discord, um, this is valuable. Like, as much as we talk about all the tools and stuff, I think the Discord is the best tool. You get access to, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff. You get like breaking news, get a lot of sharp minds. You can bounce stuff. Everyone's friendly in there. Almost everyone. And um, yeah, click the link in the description. Join, come to Discord, say hi, you'll get a warm welcome. While we're here, though, we'll show off the lineup builder. We'll build a lineup if that is possible. Yes, it is. So uh, let's just start with that chalky Colorado top line. Yeah, we might as well just jam some chalk here. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what would be a good filler line to go with them. We could. Um, 
What's we could go to that Rangers top. I wonder if Montreal would fit. Montreal would fit. Montreal would like fit. That. You know who else would fit? You know who else would fit? Who? The Arizona top line. Okay, so we're playing Montreal. <laughs> I'm jamming in Arizona top line. Um, who are we going to put in goal? I say Connor, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Is Freddie confirmed? No. No. I, I think Kyle Hellebuck is one of my favorite goalies on the night. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Let's put in Hellebuck. Um, 3,300 each for a defenseman. Um, we can just pair Brendan Dillon with him for cheap. Um, yeah. Get, get some correlation in. Let's do that. So we got 3,900 for a defenseman. Um, Jake Wallman, baby. <laughs> oh, man. It is Jake Wallman season. All right. Let's do that. So there you go. There you have it. Colorado won. Montreal won Hellebuck and Brendan Dillon um, in uh, defense goalie tandem. And then Jake Wallman as the one-off defenseman. No money left. Uh, projection just under 100 points. So that works pretty well. That is our sample lineup for today. And you can see how easy you can do it with the lineup builder. And it gives you the salary, their ownership, their projection, the stock projection, everything you need to make, uh, hopefully, a successful lineup. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. You can fit another top line in pretty comfortably with that Colorado top line. So, yeah, that only could be over 20%. Yes. We just have confirmed that for ourselves by building the lineup. Yeah, make sure to click that link in the description. Join up. We'll talk to you in Discord. We'll say hi. Let's move on to the last two games of the night. This is a doozy, though. My God. The Ottawa Senators with a 3.5 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 2.9 total. Cam Talbot, Connor Ingram, probable. What the heck did the Senators do in morning skate with their <laughs> They started one way, they ended another. This game's at 9 p.m. We don't know. The luck, the, the thing is, like the switch that they made would give the top line more power play. And this is a good power play spot anyway. So I think you could just power play stack the Sens if you're worried about it, especially if Amelka's not in net and it is Ingram. On the flip side, I think you can full stack Arizona one. They're cheap. I think, you know, if you just want to one-off Barrett Hayton, I think that's fine. But I think some, like, Barrett Hayton with Chikrin is a nice two-man as well. Like, the Coyotes are in a spot where they're usable, and it, it feels kind of refreshing is the word. I don't know, because the Coyotes always had, like, a 1.9 total, and they're getting chalk ownership. But, like, now that they have, like, a legitimate total, you're not getting much ownership. So, like, I don't mind it. Yeah, what Ottawa did is practice yesterday. They ran two sets of lines. The first one was the lines they've been using for like a month now. The second one, they basically just switched Claude Giroux and Alex Debrinkat. So the top line was Kachuk, Stutzla, and Debrinkat. The second line of Pinto, Batherson, and Giroux. It would seem to throw the lineup in question today. One of their beat writers said no changes to the lineup this morning. Read that how you want, whether it's no changes to the way the lineup has looked or no players coming in and out of the lineup that's up to you to decide i wrote up ottawa one in the in the picks article because there is not a lot of ownership coming in on them because there are um you know colorado's going to carry a lot of ownership the top carolina line is going to carry a lot of ownership um kachuk stutzland Giroux at least had uh the fifth highest top two stack percentage 
but we're coming in um, at about half the ownership rate. So it made for a good leverage. Now, if Alex DeBrincat is there, it gives them perfect correlation on the power play and even less ownership. And this is arguably the best power play spot on the entire slate. Arizona is taking 3.8 penalties per game. It leads the league. Um, Ottawa is at 3.8 power play opportunities per game, which I think is second in the first in the league now, um, even ahead of Edmonton. So you have the team giving up the most penalty power plays with the team drawing the most power plays. And Ottawa's power play has been uh, anywhere from very good to elite basically this entire season. It's the one thing that has kept them anywhere near in games. So I don't I, I think I would just go Stutzla, uh, Kachuk, and Debrinkat. Now it's going to be expensive, but it'll also be uh, very unique, even though it's a great spot for them. Um, because they are expensive and people, um, you know, at that price range, people will be playing some sort of Colorado power play stack, uh, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, what have you. So um, it'll be a low on combination. Even if the Brink Cat's not there, it's still a power play stack. And like I said, I think this is the best power play matchup spot in on the entire slate. So I'll Kachuk, Stutzler, and, and the Brink Cat is how I would line things up. Um if something else changes, then the brink cap being the most expensive, you can swap down to Patherson or you can swap down to Giroux or something like that if you really want to. On the Arizona side, um, Hayden and Keller and Schmaltz have actually played together pretty well over the last couple of years. 3.1 expected goals for, 3.7 actual goals for. Like they're actually generating shots and expected goals, not just goals, which is something. Arizona just typically doesn't do. So I'm with you on the Arizona top line. I don't really hate them. I just think they're coming in a little bit over-owned. Um, it, I think Barrett Hayden makes a fine one-off again here in this game. Um, but I think this one's all about the Ottawa power play for me. Yeah, very, very good power play spot here. Let's move on to the last game of the night. We have the Florida Panthers with a 3.2 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.3 total. Bobrovsky is probable. Aiden Hill is confirmed. Your boy, Paul Cotter, <laughs> moving up the lineup to play with Eichel and Marcheseau. Why? I can't give you an answer. As you mentioned in the super chat, you really like Bennett Kachuk for Hagee. They're getting almost no ownership. And now Aiden Hill starting. It's not Logan Thompson. So, like, I was kind of off the Panthers here. But now that Aiden Hill is starting, I think they're back into consideration for me. I'm noticing not much ownership on Stone, Stevenson, and Amadio. And I'm wondering why that is. Because they're pretty cheap, 14800 Um you know, Amadio's not playing as much now that he's not on the top power play unit, but Stone and Stevenson are still on the top power play unit. Uh, Florida's one of the most penalized teams in the league, like right up there with Arizona. Um, Stone, Stevenson, and Amadio over the last four weeks, 3.2 expected goals for, 2.4 against, 3.7 actual goals for. Chandler Stevenson's nearly on an 80-point pace this season, which feels unfathomable. I like with no one wanting to play that Vegas Mark Stone line. I have interest in that Vegas Mark Stone line. Like Florida is not a dangerous matchup by any means. Um, I think that makes a nice like one percent mid own line um, to mix in with uh, some higher price lines. They've been playing well. Um, two out of three on the top power play unit. Not a bad matchup, especially with the power with all the penalties that 
Florida takes. I do like Mario Stone Stevenson. On the Panthers side, I, I wrote about Sam Bennett in the picks article. What I wrote about is that he's pretty much been like six times more productive. Uh, I guess five times more productive with Matthew Kachuk as his winger than anybody else. Um, he shoots more with Matthew Kachuk as his winger. They generate more shots. Like this line of Kachuk, Bennett, Verhage does have a 110-minute sample this year. 4.3 expected goals for, 3.9 actual goals for. Doing that shooting under 10%, so very much well within 5-on-5 shooting range. Um, It's not a good power play spot because Vegas is one of the least penalized teams in the league, so I don't think this is a a situation where you have to run out and make sure you get Barkov in or maybe Reinhardt to save some money or whatever. I think it's about the 5-on-5 matchup. And I think Chuck Bennett and Verhage is the best five-on-five line in this game. And there's almost no ownership on them. I don't mind Florida two here. Yeah, agreed. There's a lot to like about this slate. That is the 12-game slate. Coming up after us, we have the No House Advantage Thursday night NBA show at 3.30 with Terry and Gundacker. So if you do play on No House Advantage, stick around for that. Let's talk some defensemen here. I have some – I have a list. I won't mention all of them. I was just writing them down throughout the show, so I didn't scroll like an idiot for 20 seconds. Um, we'll go with some cheaper ones here. I'll let you talk about. The one I, I will mention on the power play is Brett Pesci. If he is on the top power play, he is 4K. Let's talk about some punt options here. Uh, Brandon Carlo, 2,700. Brandon Dillon, 2,700. Don't mind Henry Jokey Haru at 2,900. Going back to uh, Alexandre Carrier, 3,100. Our boy, everyone's boy, Jake Wallman, 3,900. I still think that price is fine. Uh, even Keandre Miller at 3,800. Eric Gabranson at 3,400 is fine. And Scott Mayfield at 3,600. I'll add two more. One I'm not so high on anymore. One is Jordan Harris because it looks like Montreal might go 11 forward, seven defensemen tonight. And if Montreal goes seven defensemen, like Harris might only play like 18 to 19 minutes, but I think he's fine. The other one is Nico Mikola from uh, St. Louis. With all the defense injuries, he's basically been playing 20 minutes a game like clockwork. Um, 2,900, don't mind Mikola for cheap either. Yeah, and a couple spend-up options. I think, you know, Jacob Chikrin uh, is fine. I think Alex Petrangelo is in, is in a really good spot. I don't know who else really. like. I mean, Charlie McAvoy running Charlie McAvoy, yeah, power yeah. play. Shane Goss to spare Arizona power play against the Ottawa penalty kill as well. And Thomas Shabbat, just yeah. like we were talking about for the power play matchup, great spot for him on the blue line against against the Coyotes. Yep, Kale McCarr as well. So, yeah, that is some defenseman options there. Who you like in a net? There are a lot of cheap <laughs> a lot of cheap options here. Yeah, I mean, now that Freddie Anderson's pl- probably playing at 6,500, I think he's got to be near the top of the list because of his price, right? Um, same thing with Ilya Samsonov on FanDuel. He's still 6,500 over there. Um, Connor Hellebuck, whenever he's not like 8,300 or something, I, I'm always tempted to play him, so don't mind Hellebuck. Same thing with Ilya Sorokin. I think he's 7,600, 7,500 yeah. in a home matchup. Uh, don't mind Sorokin either. And I wrote up Jake Ottinger um, in the picks article, 7,400. He's one of seven goalies, I think, that we have projected for at least 29 saves, and he has the lowest expected goals against of all of them. So I don't mind Ottinger on the road. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, there are a lot of other goalies under 7K, but if Freddie Anderson starts, like, it doesn't matter. Like, Mrazic is 6,700. 
Um, Uka Pekalukanen is min price as well. Junis Corpusau, 6,700. But if it is Freddie at 6,500, he's probably going to be the chalk option. You know, Connor Halbuck, Ely Sorokin, probably the pivots there. So who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Matty Duchesne. He's going to embarrass Montreal tonight. We, we talked about so many games, I forgot that they were even on the slate. I was like, I was trying to figure out my lineup as we were talking, and I'm like, yeah, I got it. Now you just said Matty Duchesne. I forgot the Preds were on the slate. Got to keep I got to keep with the Spice tradition. It's probably going to be chalk, though, tonight. Alex Laf- Alexis Lafreniere. All right. I like it. All right. Are we back tomorrow? Don't know. Didn't no, see the schedule. I don't think so. We are not. So we will see you Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, with some energy drinks. Make sure to click those links in the description. We'll see you in Discord, and good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.